Today's episode of the Get Home Safe podcast contains explicit language that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe Podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Wednesday, December 16th, 2020. Nine more days until Christmas Day is here. I'm so excited. I hope you are as well. We're down to single digits. I can't believe it. Uh, it'll be here a week from Friday. And uh, man, the Christmas season, it's, uh, it's I don't know, it's kind of quietly arrived, uh, much like it does every year. Seems to be faster and faster. And, uh, you know, much like Thanksgiving, Christmas is more than just a day. It's it's the buildup, right? The the week, you got Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve, Eve, which is kind of a thing too. Uh, and then maybe depending on when, what day Christmas is on, uh, you know, maybe the 26th, I don't know, whatever, however you celebrate. But I will say there's nothing quite like Christmas morning. I know some people are really big on the whole Christmas Eve thing. That's cool too. I, I don't see why it can't be a, a double thing, right? Double action. But there's nothing quite like uh, waking up Christmas morning. It just feels different in your pajamas, going downstairs, coffee, hot chocolate, whatever you do, and uh, opening gifts and uh, putting music on. Anyway, I, I can't wait for it. It's a, it's going to be a very different Christmas this year, I will say. Um, you know, not quite uh, as much money to to go around for for gifts for other people. I like getting a lot of gifts for people, and unfortunately, this year, it's uh, just not going to happen uh, the way I'd like, but hey, I'm sure a lot of people are, are dealing with that. But anyway, Merry Christmas to all as we are nine days away from it. Uh, today is Wednesday, and you guys know that it is Bill Barnes time. Well, let me tell you right now, uh, this is going to be quite interesting today because uh, it is Tuesday evening when I'm recording this, pretty late at night, and I'm awaiting Bill Barnes. Uh, I got off work late. Um, he ended up having to work extra late and he is kind of, uh, he's going to try to join us here, uh, while he's on the way back from work. He kind of contacted me. We were thinking about recording while he was kind of on uh, one of his missions. Um, I'll let him tell you if he wants to kind of <laughs> what was going on today, but Bill Barnes trying to bring it out for the people trying to be there for you guys. I don't think you quite understand how much Bill cares about this podcast and being there for you guys, for you to hear him, uh, you know, pontificate and uh, get on his high horse and offer out his opinions. Uh, and me as well. I enjoy sitting down with Bill. It's challenging at times, but we do want to be as close to Wednesday as possible. Sure, we could record Sunday or Saturday probably. But we also work odd hours too, so we're not always available those days. Uh, ideally, we, we'd love to record Tuesday afternoon or, or in this case, Tuesday evening, but sometimes it's bright and early. So whenever you're listening to this, just know uh, this took some uh, this took some work to, to put out there uh, pretty late at night. Bill, Bars, uh, Bill Barnes is uh, you know on his way back from work. It's probably going to be while he's driving in the car. I'm still in my work clothes. I mean, 
uh, we're doing what we can here for you guys. I'm not looking for sympathy, not looking for a pat on the back or anything. I'm just letting you guys know that there's a lot of moving parts that uh, go on behind the scenes here with the Get Home Safe podcast. Uh, you know, Todd Carson was teasing me not too long ago about, you always say we, who are all these people you're talking about on the podcast? And I'm like, well, I'm a team guy. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm the producer and, uh, and the, the host and everything. I do everything, but, uh, you know, it's still a team effort here. It's not me. It's we, and I'm a big fan of that. So, uh, anyway, uh, stay tuned for Bill Barnes. He'll be coming up shortly. If, if he and I can eventually get this recording done and I'm recording right now, hoping that we will be able to get the recording done here shortly. Haven't quite uh, sat down and recorded yet, so it's still to be determined, but I'm hoping to get it out for you guys bright and early here uh, Wednesday morning. Uh, well, guys, a few things to note, th- a few things to discuss. Um, do I start with good news or bad news first? I, I Typically, I like hearing bad news first because then the last thing I hear is positive. Um but I don't know where to go here. I'll, first, I'm going to go good news, which is different. It's backwards, but hey, whatever. Uh, I want to salute Andrew Whitworth of the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, one of the best guys in the league. I, I, I think, yeah, I'm biased, whatever. He's a, he's on the team I like, but he's a, he's a veteran NFL offensive lineman. Uh, put a lot of years in with the Bengals. So, uh, you know, uh, not, not too many great moments there, uh, but just one of the best guys in the league. And I, I think you saw that when he was injured. Uh, against Seattle a few weeks ago. It looked like a devastating knee injury. And um, a lo- the Seattle players, they were out there, uh, you know, offering up uh, support for Mr. Whitworth and, uh, um, you know, just, just hoping that, hey, wishing him nothing but the best. Uh, a very older uh, elder statesman, you know, in his late 30s, uh, quite aged for an offensive lineman. Um, so I don't know if he's going to be back or not, but but regardless of, if he plays football again or who he plays football for, um, I want to applaud him for his uh, donation. He he went out of his way. Him and his wife, Melissa Whitworth, they donated $50,000 to the Serving Spoon in Inglewood um, following the emotional video plea uh, asking the community to save their restaurant. Um, it, it's a well-known restaurant. It's been serving Inglewood for 37 years. And Andrew Whitworth and his wife, $50,000 donation. Um, it was also Whitworth who, a couple of years ago, with that awful shooting um, in uh, Thousand Oak, California, uh, was, a, was a, among players who donated. He donated his uh, game check, which for him and his salary was over $500,000. So he, he donated a game check for victims of that shooting. And, and I remember it well. It was the, the week they played the Chiefs and everything. Uh, but Andrew Whitworth is just a pro. He is he is a leader for that team, but he's also a leader in the league. I, I don't think there's one person in the league who would have a bad thing to say about him. And it's funny because you think about football and, for instance, Andrew Woodworth's an offensive lineman going up against defensive linemen, line, uh, defensive guys. I mean, the whole objective is to hit guys, right, control guys, Um it's a violent game, but I guarantee you there's so many guys out there who respect the heck out of Andrew Whitworth, and, and I certainly do. Uh, I, I think – I wish there were more people who were able to donate in this situation because what's killing me right now is all these restaurants in Southern California specifically, restaurant owners, they, they just – they are – they're losing everything. 
it's horrible. It's so awful. Like I don't think it's getting enough publicity that we aren't seeing uh, these these restaurant owners that are losing their livelihood, everything. I, I saw I saw one guy pleading up to uh, some health officials, like, "Are you guys going to pay my bills? I can't shut down. I cannot. I, I are you going to pay my rent?" And God bless the Whitworths for stepping in. You know, they couldn't help out every restaurant out there, but this was one that they chose to respond to and assist and uh, pay to pay the, some bills, uh, keep the lights on and keep, keep this uh, family owned restaurant in business, keep them operating. So uh, just, just some nice news I thought was kind of cool for the Christmas season uh, and, and something Again, I'm not just praising Mr. Whitworth, but I'm just saying the 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 how much I feel for these restaurant owners and small business owners here in, in Southern California. It's just pretty horrible stuff. And uh, man, we got to open up. I'm, I'm sorry, Newsom, Garcetti, uh, all your health policies. Uh, it needs to stop. You're ruining lives with some of this stuff. Absolutely ruining lives. Anyway, let's get to the bad news, right? Some sad news, I should say, not bad news. Um, Azusa Pacific University is a very small private Christian university. In Azusa, California, it's technically Glendora, uh, which is my hometown. Um, it, it borders Citrus College, which is the community college. It's basically the same campus. So I consider it Glendora, even though it's Azusa Pacific. Um, Azusa Pacific has played college football for 55 years. And they announced on Tuesday that uh, Azusa Pacific is ending its intercollegiate football program. Uh, they competed for a long time at the NAIA level. Uh, a couple years ago, they went to Division II, played uh, NCAA football, uh, but the decision was reached by the university to uh, to end their football program. Not just end the season, but end their football program. I think it's incredibly sad. Uh, it's a, It was a difficult decision, I'm sure, for, for the Cougar athletic program. Um, but when you look at Southern California – Sure, there's USC, there's UCLA, uh, San Diego State. But, man, outside of that, there's not a whole lot of college football. I, I was fortunate to officiate in a Division three conference, the SCIAC. Uh, there's a bunch of you know small Division three schools out here. But other than that, there was really nothing else. I mean, you go north up, what, Fresno State, they play Division one football. Um Outside of that, there wasn't like any Division II, Division One AA. The closest was like Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, which is, you know, three hours north of LA. So Azusa Pacific, when they went Division II a couple years ago, it was it was a pretty big deal. And even outside of being Division II, when they were NAIA, they were a program, they were like one of the only programs in Southern California. Now, yes, at one point. Long Beach State, Cal State Fullerton, all of these state schools used to used to play college football. I still have an, a, a T-shirt that says Cal State Fullerton football undefeated since 1992 because that's when this, their football program ended. But it's sad to see that college football is slowly going away in college, in in Southern California, and and for Azusa Pacific to lose their program recently. Uh, just very sad. I don't know if it'll, it'll forever come back, but I think some of the politics and the policies in Southern California do have a lot to do with that. Um, I, I know with all the health reasons this year with COVID and everything that was, that played a big part. Um, but man, former NFL running back Christian Okoye, 
uh, in the class of uh, 87 from, from Azusa Pacific University. He says, I'm saddened, but I understand the decision. Uh, like so many other college football alumni, I am thankful that God brought me to Azusa Pacific. The influence of the university and those who trained me made me who I am today. My friends and teammates feel the same way. I mean, this is someone that played in the NFL, the Nigerian nightmare, uh, probably the most famous alum that Azusa Pacific had. I mean, their offensive line coach was Jackie Slater, the Hall of Fame Los Angeles uh, Ram. I mean, there was a lot of ties here uh, in in uh, the Cougar program that uh, touched a lot of different people. I mean, it, it's, uh, I don't know what to say. It's just, it's very sad and, I know money talks and there's expenses for programs and everything, but man, there's nothing quite like having a football program at a university, even if it's a small university, division three ball, division two, but it doesn't matter. When a college has a football program, it, it, it just makes all the difference. It gives you like a, a student, a, a student vibe, a student, like it makes the experience better. And for all the things in college these days, all the different crazy policies and uh, some of the crazy things you see on college campuses these days. Um, I can't believe that football is just kind of going away. It's just kind of being brushed away. Like it's not a big deal. Well, that's just, that's just something we have to live without. No, no, it's, it's very sad for the Azusa Glendora community. Um, a lot of kids in that area, they look at APU like a, a place to, to uh, play if they don't get any offers, you know, anywhere else. And um, just a very sad, sad moment. I, I know life goes on. It's not like uh, death or anything, but uh, Cougar football, I, I mean, I refereed a few of their scrimmages. I'm into games here and there. Um, it's just, it's just a very sad thing to see. And unfortunately because of COVID that, that was why I was such a big proponent of, of colleges playing sports this fall. Because I knew that a lot of universities, a lot of college programs, you can't just take a year off. You can't just take a few months off because you still are, have students on scholarship. You still, if you're not, if you're not producing any revenue from your athletics or not producing, maybe even if those programs that don't produce a positive amount, if you don't continue to produce the negative amount that you were making, you're losing even more money. I don't know if that makes sense, but. I knew that when some of these teams were taking the fall off, it wasn't just, oh, you take a year off, no big deal. I knew that there could potentially be some really long-term effects, and unfortunately, it took place immediately here uh, with Azusa Pacific University. Incredibly sad stuff to see that program um, just fold up its tents and, and be done. Be done. Uh, I, I don't even know what to say anymore. It's, it's just gone. It's, so, it's such a sudden feeling. It's so odd. Oh, very sad stuff. Anyway, um, I'm going to get to some, hopefully, conversations here with Bill Barnes. Uh, he said when I was recording this, to, hey, give me about an hour, and then we'll do it while I'm on the car ride home. I'm like, okay, this will be interesting, um, but maybe it'll take you guys into, uh, you know, inside the the late night hours of, of Bill Barnes and I trying to get these uh, interviews uh, together and everything. So it should be uh, somewhat interesting. Uh, we, we did hear from uh, Will Tarico. He has a few questions for us. Uh, Coach Tarico, one of Bill's favorite uh, listeners, uh, or maybe he's a favorite listener. I'm not sure. But anyway, he listens to every show. So uh, he had a few things. He wanted to challenge me and Bill really on, on a, a stance we took last week about 
the Texas football player who uh, tackled, assaulted the referee, and uh, Coach Dorico wasn't happy with the fact that Bill Barnes and I were kind of united that the whole team should have been removed from the playoffs. So Bill and I will get into that. Um, also, college football playoff. That is coming up, and I know Coach Dorico kind of wanted my opinions of that, especially with USC and everything. Personally, with college football, I- I'm glad there is a Final Four or whatever. I just, I-, I just can't comprehend why, why you have so many teams in Division One. If only think about it, there's only going to be 10, 15 teams that are ever considered for the top four. I mean, the BYU's, the Boise States. Uh, what's the point of? playing games really if you can't get a chance to play somebody bigger and yeah i know whoever plays alabama is going to get crushed i understand that but i would love it if there was every conference winner yes every uh, that's the sec the pac-12 the sunbelt every conference winner if they got a chance they got and then you took a few at large and you played in a playoff can you imagine like okay right now Kansas City Chiefs are probably the best team in the, uh, in the NFL. And then who's the best team in the NFC? Probably the Packers. Can you imagine just saying, okay, yeah, you two guys, we're not going to do playoffs or anything, just you two guys play. And maybe it works out that way, but still, the drama of the playoffs, the upsets, some of the blow, even the blowouts, like, okay, you play it out. And I'd like to see a 16 team playoff. You know why? Because Division Two does it, Division One AA does it, heck, Division Three does it. But Division 1A or whatever it is, FC, FBS, they can't quite figure that out. So do I think USC deserves to be in the playoff? Probably not. But I also don't think Ohio State does. Because they've both played five games. And they're going to play their sixth or they're going to play their whatever the number is. And, and yeah, they're undefeated. But no, you decided to take the season off and not play in September. Sorry. There's ramifications for that. I don't care if you are the best team. Let someone else play who's played nine games or 10 games or whatever. My heart's not going to be, well, Ohio State was the best team in the country and they didn't get a chance to play in the playoff. Oh, poor, poor them. Should have thought about that back in August, September, right? So quite frankly, I think only the teams that played in September that, that, at least tried to play 10 games or nine games or whatever, they should be the only ones included in this year's Final Four playoff. Those are my thoughts anyway. I'll see what Bill has to say. I've talked long enough. I've been stalling kind of really to see if Bill's going to get on the phone here, if we can make this interview happen. I'm not sure if it's going to be tonight or early tomorrow, what the deal is, but I do promise you guys I'm going to stay up for a while, see if we can uh, get this done so that you guys have an episode to listen to. So uh, let me get off the uh, the microphone here, take a sip of my uh, water and, and, uh, and, uh, and try to get uh, refreshed and ready to go for Bill Barnes as we want to get out an episode here on the weekly Wednesday weigh in. So stay tuned, sit back, relax. Whenever you're listening to this podcast, I got to take a break and see if I can uh, stall some more time here before we get on the microphone, hopefully with Bill Barnes. (music) 
It's the middle of the week. It's Wednesday. That means it's time for Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. The retired police officer and retired college baseball umpire joins us every week for very strong opinions and very random thoughts. Once again, here is the one and only Bill Barnes. All right, guys. Well, we finally did it. We were able to touch base with Bill Barnes, and he's actually finishing up a secret mission right now. I, I don't think you guys can truly appreciate uh, the level of commitment that Bill Barnes puts into this podcast. He is literally driving home right now from a an undisclosed location. Bill Barnes, thank you for joining us today. There's light at the end of the tunnel, but we're still in the tunnel. <laughs> Bill, man, you are you are a man on a mission. Literally, you're 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 here for us at the Get Home Safe podcast. It's just after midnight now, Wednesday morning. I mean, this is beautiful. This is awesome, man. They, <laughs> you are here for us. Yes, 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 yes. I'm I'm currently getting onto the uh, 91 freeway from uh, the wonderful uh, city of Compton. Oh boy. I was- yeah, I was down down with Snoop Dogg and, and Dr. Dre, and, you know. <laughs> Bro, what was your day like, Bill? Did you have a pretty long day of uh, of guarding whatever you were guarding? I mean, well, I, it, 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 the first part I I got to go to San Diego, and that went routine. <laughs> uh, I got back into the LAX area, and lo and behold. Um, I finished my shift, first shift at about four o'clock, took two hours and 15 minutes to get home. I was home 15 minutes. The boss called and said, Hey, uh, you're the closest to a, uh, a, a situation that needs addressing in your area. Can you handle it? I said, well, yeah, do I have a choice? So got dressed, went out and that was it. 6 o'clock, 6.30. It's now 1 a.m. and I just finished. And uh, so, you know, I mean, when you're a secret agent, you know, the, the, the ball drops and you go. <laughs> you sound like you're in a great mood tonight with all that going on because, Bill, I'll tell you, especially working baseball games with you, you know, there's nothing better than after a ball game when you take that gear off, you take that uniform off, you you wash that game off of you. Uh, so what you're telling me is you took the gear off earlier today, ready to to relax, and then you had to put the gear back on and go out for a second game, basically. I mean, that couldn't have put you in a great mood. Well, when the when the when the meter's running, yeah. <laughs> and you know it's a whole different situation. True. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. Now here's the other here's the other funny thing. You're saying the gear's off. Okay, it's 1 a.m., and I'm driving on desolate freeways. Not desolate, but, you know, this stay-at-home order is a fucking joke. People aren't staying home, okay? This, this, uh, this curfew is a joke. People aren't staying home. However, the freeways are somewhat uh, sparse, except for the, the assholes and their Dodge Chargers that race each other on the 91 freeway here. I just saw two whiz by me, and I hope to God there's chp around here that 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 shut them down because everybody mark my in fact one just passed me a chippy just passed me and he's 
he's rolling hard, and I think he's going after him. This should be good. And I see two helicopters up ahead, too. Wow, look at this. We Breaking news. Bill Barnes is on the call. Yeah, yeah, anyway. <laughs> anyway, so my point of the matter is this. If you drive a Dodge Charger, you're an asshole, okay? All people driving Dodge Chargers drive fast and drive hard. <laughs> and they race and they, they, they're, they're, they're idiots. Oh, boy. This is, this is really something, having you on the road. I, I'm, I'm really yeah, Okay, uh... Here, here's what's happening. We've got a, we've got a pursuit <laughs> uh, off the 91. <laughs> it looks like it's going southbound on the 605. Um, you got one low helicopter, one high helicopter. And you got black and black and whites are whizzing by me to go chase, to go catch up to it. So, um, I was going to take the 91 the whole way, just for our audience. Just for our audience, I will take the 605 to see if I can't catch it. Now, I, I sound like a night crawler out here. <laughs> All I need is a is a camera. I, I do want the audience to know I mean, that of all of all. While doing a podcast. While doing a podcast. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> Bill Barnes. I got to okay. tell you. <laughs> Bill. And Bill, guys, Bill is going on the freeway he hates the most in the entire nation, the 605. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Bill. Oh, Bill. Yeah. Look at you. Well, you're our, you're our news correspondent, our, our traffic correspondent. Well, Bill, so you're telling me that people are not adhering to uh, Emperor Newsom's uh, uh, policies. I mean, I don't blame people for, for ignoring the policies, uh, for being out, for, for being his, uh, oh, disobeying his decrees, such as yourself. Right. right. Okay, just an update on this ridiculous chase that I'm trying to monitor. They're <laughs> off on side streets. They got off the 605. They're on side streets, and uh, I am not going to venture into um, Wilmington or or any of these cities at one o'clock in the morning, just so I can, you know, tell all ten listeners what's going on. Um, I am not going to do it. So I'm staying on the freeway, and we will continue the podcast. Chase over. Okay. At, yeah, we're not. We're not. We're not going there. Yeah, yeah, I'm not getting off the freeway at Bellflower. Sorry. <laughs> not, not happening. <laughs> you, you, you've read that book before, huh? I've been down that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've been, in, I've been in that, in that tunnel, and there has been no light at the end. Oh boy. Well, 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 Bill. Since you're on the road, you've had a 20-hour day, and you're joining us on the podcast. Let's let's talk about one of your favorite subjects in uh, your best friend, Gavin Newsom. I mean, what what are your thoughts on the emperor these days? Well, he's he's a he's a he's a he's just a piece of shit. Number one, <laughs> we all know that. Number two, he continues to uh oh, maybe Bill went off in Billflower, guys. Try to control people. Uh -oh. By having them step, 
You're good. You're good. Go ahead. Okay. You take away, you take away, you know, people's right to gather at a, at a, at a place that's outside, that's, that's distancing outdoors. All you're doing is you're putting people indoors. They're going to clandestine locations such as people's homes and gathering, or they're going inside somebody's garage and they're all gathering and that's making it worse. Okay. Three percent. They, 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 the uh, state of California guesstimates that only three percent of cases, three percent of cases, come from restaurants. Okay. That's like um, they're, what they're saying is, is like if you know, I mean, three out of a hundred. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, they've already made it clear that they are it's not about the safety of restaurants, it's that they're trying to discourage people from going out, from from socializing and everything. And all you're going to do is you're going to put those numbers higher into homes. I mean, right. people are people are not going to sit on their couch 6 dis, 6 feet apart uh from every they're just not going to do that. That's not how we are, are, that's not how we as humans are meant to live our lives. I'm sorry. You know, when, when this, when this first thing, when this first came out back in March, you know, there was some believability to this, you know, but they cried wolf when they brought the fucking uh, Navy ship in and they started, they started making uh, hospitals out of old Sears building and they didn't use them. Now they had eight months. They had seven, eight months to figure this shit out. Because they knew there was going to be a big second wave around fall and winter. And guess what? We're worse off now than we were then. Okay, you know why? Because the bottom line is, human beings, unless you're incarcerated, unless you're locked up, okay, you're going to do what you want to do. Okay, especially now that it's the young folks that are responsible for spreading this thing to the old folks. So my case in point is this, you can't tell somebody under 40, somebody under 30, they can't go somewhere or they can't do it because they have no fear in getting this thing because 99.9% of the time, a kid that age is going to recover from it just fine. Now, what they should have done is just said, hey, if you feel that you are compromised, you are a fat fucking slob and you've got diabetes and you haven't taken care of yourself throughout your whole life. Stay in because you may die. Stay the fuck in. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you're, you know, older, but, but yeah, yeah. once people saw the numbers, once people saw that most people, okay. People, well, there's still young people who no, there's not. I mean, young people. Oh, okay. Okay. People have been struck by lightning. Yes. But is it a real risk? No. Like if you're, if you're if you're 35 years old, you're you're five foot nine and you weigh 390 pounds. There's a problem. <laughs> there's, there's a problem, okay? And COVID is going to be a problem because you are so fucking out of shape and so unhealthy that if you do get COVID, there's a good chance you're going to perish, okay? So you have not done anything to with your life to alleviate any type of problem. Uh, that, that may come along your way medically, okay? My point is, you know, yeah, I feel bad for you folks, all right? 
but you let yourself go, and it's your own goddamn fault to a point that you go out there fully well knowing that if you expose yourself to this and get this, you're going to be in deep trouble. Yeah, I, I just I say, hey, you know what? You know, you're you're um, you know, if you go out and you cross that freeway at rush hour, there's a good chance you're going to get hit. You know, I I, I would um, I would suggest you don't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when, you know, there's people on the road who are doing a podcast while driving at one o'clock in the morning. You, you might get hit. It's very risky. You know, they just, yeah, I mean, I mean, hell, I mean, it's what, I mean, I, I could be taken out by some goddamn drunk driver here at this hour of, of night, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my, head, my, my, my head's on a swivel. Good, good. It should be, Bill. Head on a swivel. Yes, we all agree. Emperor Newsom, uh, he can go screw himself. Uh, you can't continue to dictate people's lives and ruin people's lives. I mean, the people that own these restaurants, they have, I saw a restaurant owner on, on a, on a video, just like he said, he was telling these health officials, are you going to pay my bills? Are you going to pay my rent? I can't shut down. What, what, no, why? This is I mean, this is ridiculous. And, and, and all of his, all of his cronies up in Napa, they all got these uh, million dollar babe, uh, uh, loans to keep their, businesses alive back when when they were giving them out you know unimaginable amounts of money to these places i mean he is corrupt right down to the bone i have yet to see one person who has not really lost significant money i mean everyone's lost okay taking a minor pay cut whatever but i have not seen anybody who's, who's lost significant money up there preaching about how businesses need to shut down and we need to stay home and blah, blah, blah. All these people who make these, these proclamations, they have their jobs. They have their money. They don't lose much. Heck, they probably you gain, know, they gain more probably. I mean, they tell you not to drink and drive. Okay. Do not drink and drive. Do not drink and drive. But to alleviate that, do they take your car away? <laughs> no, they're, they're leaving it up to you not to make stupid decisions. Mm -hmm. Well, the percentage of, of folks that could die from this disease is extremely, extremely low. And my point is that how about enter at your own risk? This is part of life. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, like we've, we've joked about, a meteor could hit us. Godzilla could come out of the ocean. There's all kinds of things that could happen. Is there a chance? Yeah. And yeah, I know it's, you know, 250, 260,000 people, but still it's the percentage. This thing has spread much, but it, the death rate is not that high. I'm sorry. And there's, and if you want to break it, if you want to break down the numbers, people and make arguments, we can do that. Most of the people who've died are older, elderly people. That's just a fact. Most who have died are elderly. And uh, it's sad, but it's not like, I mean, heck, I was watching a John Wayne documentary earlier today. John Wayne's been gone a long time. He hit it. I mean, everyone hits old age. Like, come on. Anyway, I, I don't have any grandparents. I'm 30. I'm shocked when I'm in my 30s and people, uh, friends I know have grandparents still. I'm like, man, God bless you. Enjoy every second. Uh, yeah. Bill, Bill, you're a grandparent now. Um, ha have you got your Christmas shopping done? Where, where does Bill Barnes, the grandfather, shop in a pandemic? He doesn't. <laughs> nice. 
You know what I do? I, I, I get a card and I put a check in it or I put cash in it. But, and, um, but for, for your granddaughter? I mean, my granddaughter's three years old. My gra- no, no, my granddaughter's three years old. I could go to, uh, you know, again, I could go down to the uh, Ontario Mills, which I did the other day, and believe you me, they weren't at all at 20%. Okay? <laughs> no. They had people, um, you know, asshole to belly button in that place, walking around. Bodies on bodies, huh? And, you know, it was, it was, some of the individual stores were monitoring who could come in. Anyway. So the, what I'm saying is, I could go down to the cheapest, most, um, you know, I could go to the 99 cent store and buy her, um, you know, whatever, and she'll be happy as long as, you know, she can bust open a gift. So they're very, you know, easy to flip. And when, when I, and when I uh, deal with her every day's Christmas anyway. Oh, yeah. Attaboy. For her, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, this is just a shitty year <laughs> to try to celebrate any type of holiday. Well, we have to. We got to find a way to do it. We can't buy. We can't buy into the Emperor Newsom's uh, "Don't celebrate" orders. You know, whatever they may be. We need to, uh, you know, hey, spend some money on that granddaughter, Bill. Spend some money and, uh, and you know, have a few Christmases uh, this this time of year. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take care of her. I mean, she's very easy. She's just a kid. But <laughs> everybody, everybody else, as usual, as usual, you know. I, I uh, get a gift card. If they don't like it, then, you know, they can, they can, uh, you know, <laughs> give, it, give it to somebody. Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, no, absolutely. Money. Everyone loves cash. It's uh, everyone loves that or, or gift cards. Uh, great stuff. Well, well Bill, uh, a few things uh, in the news uh, nationally, we'll say uh, I, I ranted the other day <laughs> uh, about this, but you know, our, our good buddy Colin Kaepernick just will not go away. Mr. Social Justice Warrior himself. Uh, did you happen to see this, Bill? Mr. Colin Kaepernick has a new Ben & Jerry's ice cream flavor. Non-dairy, of course. Uh, I can't believe there's magic ice cream out there that will solve racism, that will solve injustice. I think it's an absolute joke. Uh, I think Colin Kaepernick is all about money and trying to stay relevant as so many other issues uh, that he's tried to push. Uh, have you seen it all now, Bill? Now the fact that there's racial injustice ice cream out there? Uh, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, it, it, it's all, like you say, it's all about the money. If you pay him to, um, you know, do whatever. I mean, you could, I mean, as long as there's money involved, when you're a talent, talentless jackass like he is, <laughs> you're, yeah, you're going to, you're going to pitch, um, Social injustice ice cream. That's, you know? yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, that, that, that's just ridiculous. Ben and Jerry. That's the last Ben and Jerry. I, I've never, I've never been a fan of them anyway, but uh, yeah, Ben and well, Jerry. Ben, well, Ben and Jerry, Ben and Jerry, Ben and Jerry are assholes. <laughs> and I've never been a fan there. <laughs> Not know, a big guy. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's better options. There's better options out there. Absolutely. Uh, well, well, in other injustice news, 
Uh, the Cleveland Indians are changing their name. They they made the decla- the declaration. They're decla- they said they're going to change their name in 2022, but they'll, they're going to play under this their Indians name 2021. Uh, once again, we have another mascot change. Uh, once again, we have people that think uh, having a mascot name is is offensive. Have why would you name a mascot that is like to belittle something that you're supposed to be proud of your mascot. And, and number number three, Bill, I said this all along. You do not bow to the woke mob because they're just going to want more. They're going to continue. To, oh, well, how about this? How about that? They never stop. You can't give these people an inch. What are your thoughts on the, uh, well, the proud franchise of Cleveland Indians? Doesn't surprise me. Well, I'm, I'm pissed because, you know, if they're going to change the Indians, they better by God fucking change the Chicago White Sox, too. <laughs> Why is that, Bill? And the Washington Nationals, and you know the. Um, what about the Angels? I mean, uh, come on, you can't have a team name in Angels. That's extremely offensive. Well, the folks that are that are uh, completely, you know, they have no. That have no uh, belief in like that name. Yeah, it's ridiculous. The Cle- How about the Cleveland baseball team? I mean, you could – yeah, that's – just like, you know, the Washington football team. You know, what, what are we going to go back to? Reservoir dogs and call everybody with white colors? <laughs> Mr. Pink, Mr. White, Mr. Yellow, Mr. Green. I don't like being Mr. Pink. I don't want to be Mr. Pink. You're Mr. Pink, goddammit. Uh, you know? I mean, what, it's ridiculous. Great movie. Where the, uh, uh, the, the Cleveland – yeah. Well, you know, the their 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 um their their um football namesake and in, in their their team in uh, the Cleveland Browns. Why aren't the Mexicans angry? Oh gee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hear you there. I mean right? you can push this as far as you want. It's like what what you people don't have anything better to do with your life than to freak out over a fictional no, they team name? They don't. Like today I heard that there's a high school in uh, the Bay Area, I believe, Abraham Lincoln High School, and they want to they want to change the name because he was not uh, good to um, the American Indians during his uh, presidency. Oh, yeah. He didn't, uh, you know, free slaves or anything. I mean, what what a jerk he is. I mean, yeah. you, people... I mean, you know, the poor... The poor yeah, that, that's the thing he gets. That and getting fucking shot in the head at the play you know yeah i mean the the level of softness that this country is now in i mean snowflake is a great word because snowflakes you know melt and 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 it's just we are so i hate saying we because i don't believe what these people believe but we got a bunch of people that don't have a life they don't have any life If, if these are the these are the main issues that they worry about when they wake up every day. Really, the Cleveland Indians, you, you think this is super extreme, like uh, offensive? That's that's what we're dealing with. If we have to create these problems, these racial or or uh, offensive problems, then things probably aren't so bad out there. If we have to create well, you know these what? problems. Why, don't the, why not the Atlanta Braves, too? Yeah, yeah I mean, right? it, it's coming. Oh, it's coming. Now I think they'll put up a bigger fight than Cleveland because uh, 
you know, that's a pretty legendary team name and franchise and everything, but they're not going to stop. They're going to keep going. And, and, and I, and I expect somebody to uh, be boycotting the, the, you know, some European, the Viking name soon. I mean, every name, every yeah, team. The Vikings, the Vikings, I mean, there you go. That's a perfect example. The Vikings were a bunch of, you know, white assholes that went around raping women. Why don't they, uh, why don't they strip them too? Oh, it's coming. Oh, it's especially, yeah. You know? Or, or the San Francisco Giants. I mean, here's a here's a perfect example. Big, tall, fat people walking around. Big, giant people. Why aren't they? Why aren't they up in arms? Oh, we could go all day. There's there's a million and one uh, mascot scenarios that that we could uh, could deem offensive. And and it's just like, you really want to be offended by that? You, I mean, why? There's there's bigger issues in life than uh, a team's mascot. A mascot is a a team representative. It's it's not like meant to dem, to. Dem, why would you be proud? Why would you wear a team name across your chest that you're like embarrassed of or trying to mock? No, that's your team. That's who you're like. Yeah, I'm one of these. Yeah. What was the yeah, I mean, what was what was John W. North High School, Bill? What was their mascot? The Huskies. The Huskies, as like, oh, well, come on now. Yeah. yeah. I don't know yeah. about and the then, Huskies. Um, you know, we have the, um, uh, God, there was a, I mean, the San Bernardino Valley College Indians back in the day, they changed their name to the Wolverines. Yeah. I what didn't know that. What a bunch of fucking pussies. Oh, exactly. Oh, okay. yeah. All of them. Tough enough. You know, welcome to the land of academia. Jesus Christ. Oh, it's gonna get worse. They'll they'll keep they'll keep putting their claws uh uh in into different uh different areas of our lives. Uh Bill, I know you love questions and it wasn't really a question, but it was uh, a disagreement really from your one of your favorite uh listeners, uh Will Tarico, Coach Tarico. He wrote in. He had he he was a little mad at uh, you and me from our comments last week regarding the Texas football player, uh, the high school player who was uh, ejected and then got the team disqualified from the playoffs. Uh, he wrote to you and me. He says, uh, "For Matt and Bill, I'm going to have to dis- respectfully disagree with your opinions about the Texas high school team that was disqualified because of the player who attacked the ref. I think this player." who happened to be the dis- the district defensive player of the year last year, should receive all of his punishments coming his way. Well, I'm not sure what district defensive player of the year has anything to do with this, uh, respectfully. Uh, but anyway, that might include losing scholarship offers, legal charges, uh, and maybe never being able to play again. It was a stupid decision. When you play stupid games, you get stupid prizes. We agree on that, Will. However, based on the video I watched, I don't think the team should be punished. It looked like coaches and teammates were trying to stop the kid. What do you think, Bill? Well, I, uh, I, I maybe 25% maybe agree with that. However, this is my take. A, if you've got a well-disciplined team, if you've got coaches that are, that are in control of your ball club, whether it be baseball, basketball, football, hockey, lacrosse, tennis, ping pong, I don't give a shit what. If you've got control of your team, that jackass is not going to do that because he 
would have been weeded out a long time ago as a problem child, and he wouldn't be part of the club. So if you're going to let a – I mean, that's probably not his first uh, bout with some type of uh, either fighting in practice, fighting in other games, and then he, and then he upped it to taking out an official. Mm-hmm. So my point is, is that that team, the coaches, obviously didn't have – a good handle on their club. And for that reason, you win as a team, you lose as a team. He went out there, he fucked it up for everybody. And I think that for any future lunacy that you may see, uh, hopefully not see, is a direct correlation to the discipline laid down to this team. Yeah. So hopefully the next time some idiot decides to go clock a ref, he may think in the back of his head, well, it's not all about me. I'm going to, you know, the teammate will suffer also. And hopefully some of these coaches, athletic directors, league of, uh, team officials will have a little bit more control of their ball club. Yeah. Or if they, if, if a guy like that is such a loose cannon, he, believe me, he's not going to go to the next level. Cut, just cut ties with him immediately. Get him out of your program. He's a toxic cancer to your team. Yeah. I, I, I mentioned last week that it's not about necessarily punishing in that moment. It's sending a message to everyone else. Hey, this is unacceptable. If you have a rogue player who does this, uh, you're going to suffer for it. And I think that was the point that I was making. Uh, Will did continue to write, if there, were, if there was more than one guy going after the ref, then I think it's a team punishment. Imagine being one of his teammates who had worked so hard to compete in the playoffs and all of a sudden it's taken away from you because of the actions of one stupid kid. It wouldn't, I wouldn't be happy and I'm sure you wouldn't be either. Maybe there's more to the story, but based on, on, uh, on just his actions, I don't agree with the punishment. So Bill, you mentioned it. And, and again, I stand by it. I stand by the whole, this is about sending a message to everyone else, everybody else. And the fact that you have to force kids now to, hey, you have to think of other people instead of just you. And yeah, I know it does suck for the other team, for the teammates. Uh, Sorry, guys. Bill, have you ever been in a situation where you were uh, probably unjustly punished maybe for the actions of a coworker, maybe another umpire? Because I can say if we're on a crew and another umpire messes up, uh, they don't look at just me and say hey he sucks but matt you're a good guy no we all wear the shirt that day and we all take responsibility for someone's actions no, do yeah, you agree absolutely. It, happened, it, it happened all the time it, yeah it happened all the time when i was a cop you know we would have we get we get you know somebody would screw up and you know we'd all pay for it because we'd all get a bad we'd all get a memo saying okay no longer can you uh you know go write your reports at this location because we had an officer who was, um, you know, unprofessional and stuck his tongue out at the waitress and she got mad. So this place is out limits now. So we all, yeah, we all suffer, you know, and instead of just dealing individually with what the one jackass, uh, you get, you get a blanket thrown on everybody. Oh yeah. Do I think it's fair that based off of some cops uh, actions in Minnesota that 
police officers are getting shot in different parts of the country, innocent guys who are just haven't done anything wrong, but they wear the badge. I don't. Not only, not only are they getting shot, you get, you get, because of that, that was the tipping point to defund the police. Yeah. That was the tipping point to go out and loot and, and, and protest and, and burn shit down when you've got these, uh, Democratic leaders that basically condone it. Yeah. Basically condone it. You know, you know what's scary is you've got a DA now in Los Angeles County, uh, George Gascon, who I can't in my wildest imagination ever believe was a cop. Okay. He fucked up the city of San Francisco. He fucked up the city of Mesa, Arizona. And now... Now he's going to fuck up the city, the county of Los Angeles. He has come out with a whole big list of, of uh, crimes that he is not going to prosecute. He has also said that he's going to look into all kinds of officer-involved shootings dating back to 2012. He, he's, he is not, he's acting as a, almost as a public defender, not as a district attorney. This guy is... You talk about a toxic cancer. He is. He is bad. Yeah. He's going to, I mean, I don't know how much worse LA can get, but it's going to get a whole lot worse. I oh, mean, it's he, scary. I mean, there is no uh, special enhancements anymore. There are no, um, you know, like, for instance, um, if you crack somebody's skull and damn near kill them, you know, you're arrested for assault with a deadly weapon. There are there are uh, enhancements that can go great bodily injury and give you more time in, in, in prison. He is not going to do any of that. No gun enhancements anymore. No death penalty anymore. Just basic um, prosecution. And um, if, if you read up on him and a lot of his new policies now, it's absolutely frightening. And if you live in Los Angeles County... I want you to go out. I want you to buy a lot of weapons. I want you to arm yourself and protect yourself because the law down there is completely, completely off the deep end. Bill, Bill, how does a guy who worked LAPD uh, become a guy like, I, I mean, he becomes a, dep- a district attorney of LA having been a police officer and have these these viewpoints have this these oh, policies. He must, have not, he must have not have been a very good one, and he must have been very insecure, and he must have not liked to, you know, go out and actually do police work and put people in jail. I, I don't know. I know he rose to the rank of deputy chief, which is absolutely nauseating to think. Um, you know, obviously he 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 um, he humped the right leg to get where he uh, to where he went. Yeah, and now I think he's one of George Soros's guys, and where Soros financed him, and and the Soros people believe their belief is is that society, police have caused all the ills of society, and that um, we have created criminals, and they should all be released. That's basically what they believe in. 
that's it's sad and, and unfortunate because yeah he wants to to take people and, and shorten sentences and do all these different things and, and it's just it's just it's just ridiculous like be careful what you wish for I'll tell you right now, give it a few months and it's going to be chaos out there. And everyone's going to be like, well, how are these criminals getting out early? Oh, the district attorney said, let them out early. I can't wait for the 2028 Olympics. What a shit show that is going to be. <laughs> Why do you say that? Because it's going to be in LA. Oh yeah. It'll be traffic and crime everywhere. You know, maybe snake Pliskin from escape from New York, Kurt Russell. He'll be the guy that, that likes the, uh, that, uh, you know, that uh, lights the uh, torch in the Coliseum. Oh, that's great. That'd be great. That'd be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, escape from L.A. That's, that, that's what I think most of us want to do, though, is get out of this place. Because it's only get, they're not going to, like, magically say, okay, enough is enough. Let's make it better now. It's only going to get worse. It, it, it's, well, you know, uh, people like us, Matt, people like, you know, probably everybody that, that, that gives a shit about law and order, we need to rise up. I, I really think there's going to be, um, there, there, you know, we're, we're, we're getting close to, you know, anarchy at this point. There's going to be some shit. People yeah. need to stand up and just say enough. No, you're it right. Starts, it starts with this COVID shit. People should just say, look, we're not closing down. We're going to stay open. And there's not enough, there's not enough uh, health workers in this state that can go around and, and, and give enough tickets. And if you do that, it's going to be like running on the freeway or protesting. They're not going to, maybe they just won't, uh, you know, over, overburden the courts and um, they won't prosecute you. You know, call it a protest, you know, whatever. Like, like, light some shit on fire while you're doing it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, for that, see if that'll, you know, help. No, you're right. Enough is enough. And a lot of people need to rise up and say, and you know, I personally, I, I don't go out to restaurants much anyway, but I would love to go out and support some of these places that are refusing to close. I think it's fantastic that some of them are, are, are standing their ground and we need more people like that because you can't be pushed around uh, to the brink of uh, elimination, extermination or whatever. No, uh, no, people, people are getting fed up, man. People are just, you know, they're, they're edgy. They're, 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 they're just, uh, you know, they're, they're pissed off. Mm -hmm. oh, they're, tired of living, they're tired of living like, uh, you know, in their, in their, uh, in their pins, you know, can't have it. No, I can't have it. Well, right treated, treated like sheep. That is sheep. Sheep is right. Bunch of sheeps, uh, walking sheep, walking around, uh, like, you know, on the way to the slaughter. I mean, because I mean, people are chasing people over masks and there's all these videos and it's like, dude, you guys have no life, no life. If you buy into all this, like you, you got to stop it anyway. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, hopefully a new year, new policies. And yeah, Bill, you, I, I would lead you. I, I mean, I'd lead you. I would, uh, I would follow you into battle bill. If you are a leader, if you are a leader to, to rise up amongst, amongst this stuff, Hey, I'd be the first one behind you. Uh oh. Are we there? Okay, we're there. What's completely ridiculous about how I checked this, this was the United States of America, and it's slowly, slowly turning into uh, what communist Russia used to be. Mm -hmm. People walking around with scowls on their face, not happy. You know, the government controls you. 
No doubt. No doubt about it. Well, uh, well, let's get into some other news, Bill. Um, did you happen to see, uh, probably on Facebook, you were working all day today, but did you see the headline that Azusa Pacific football uh, has been shut down, not just for this year, that's already happened, but their entire program uh, after a 55-year history is going to no longer exist? So some, somebody just signed a, signed a proclamation saying we're done, huh? Yeah, the athletic department, the administration, they said, uh, we, we can't do this anymore. Um, because, Bill, that was, that was part of my fear with, with shutting down um, this season. One season could make or break a program, whether it be revenue or whatever. Not everyone is making SEC money or Power 5 money. Some of these lower-tier programs, if you shut them down for a season, say, oh, don't have a, a season this year, it was going to cripple him. And that's, I think, what happened at Azusa Pacific. We're going to get Tracy McFade on here to get us into uh, some of the details and everything. But that's unfortunate because that's one of the only non-D1 programs in Southern California. It's right in my backyard. And outside of the Division Three stuff, you and I have officiated. I mean, Azusa Pacific was one of the only games in town, really. Yeah, um, that's, that is too bad. Um I'm, I'm wondering, I'm, I, I hope Jackie Slater maybe touches on it on one of the 15,000 Channel 11 uh, uh, Fox Overtime shows he does with, with Barragamo and those folks and, and Liz Habib. Maybe, maybe somebody can, uh, you know, maybe Jackie will, uh, you know, they'll bring that up to him. Yeah, I, I hope he brings he it up. A, and... He was a coach there. He was a coach there for many years. Yep. Yep. Still there. Still there. And uh, good, great Hall of Famer and uh, obviously L.A. Ram. And uh, it was it was cool seeing him. I, I officiated a few of their scrimmages and stuff. But Azusa Pacific University done with football. It, it's hard to even say the words because um, because there was no other division two out here and they played NAIA for years. But man, I think, Bill, do you remember when Long Beach State and Cal State Fullerton and Pepperdine and all those schools used to play football? Well, Pepperdine, in the, no, they're before my time. However, I do remember Fullerton, Long Beach, and uh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, I remember UC Riverside played uh, football. Oh wow! Back in the up until the mid '70s, and um, yeah, I mean, Butch Johnson, the wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys, was a uh, UCR uh, uh, alum. I- Highlander. Wow. I didn't know Highlander football uh, was a thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, they, um, they were, I mean, for a couple of years, the uh, World Football League financed their program because for two years in a row, the Honolulu Hawaiians, why they would leave Honolulu and come to fucking Riverside, <laughs> but they would come to UC Riverside and during the summer and uh, that's their, that was their training camp. I used to go there as a sophomore in high school and walk around and jack footballs. And uh, in fact, I met Pete Carroll there. Pete Carroll was a uh, uh, wanted to play defensive back for the Hawaiians. I think he was one of their last cuts. And um, I remember him. I remember. Um, oh my gosh, Marv Marinovich, who just died about a, a week ago. Marv Marinovich, Pete. Uh, Pete Marinovich, what was his name? Uh, uh, 
quarterback from uh, Todd, late. Todd Marinovich. Yeah, Todd, I was going to say Pete Marinovich. I meant, uh, Pete, Pete Marinovich. <laughs> yeah, it's late. It's late. Anyway, um, Todd's uh, dad was a gr- funny, good dude. He was their strength and conditioning coach back then. And, um, you know, they were they only had like five coaches for the whole team, five or six coaches. And so, you know, they, I went there one summer and for about a couple of weeks, I ditched summer school and went up the street to uh, Riverside, UC Riverside, because my high school was right down the street from it. I would go there and I'd drive the golf cart and, um, you know, do this, do that, go get some ice, you know, and just to, you know, say I'm hanging out with a bunch of pro football, that I'm part of a pro football team. And then, uh, <laughs> so anyway, that was a lot of fun. But anyway, they paid a bunch of money to the program to come over there and use their, use their, uh, you know, stuff, their locker room, their weight room and, and uh, whatnot. So, and then they did it. Then one, just one day they decided just like with Azusa Pacific, I think it was like 1976, 75, they decided no, nope, no more football. Oh, it's, it's crazy. Cause I think football, for a university like adds a certain element. Sure. You can have a baseball team, a basketball team, but man, having a football program, even if they're terrible, like, Hey, are you going to the game this weekend? Or I don't know. It's just, to me, it adds so much to a university, no matter how big or small the, the campus is. And uh, for Azusa Pacific, man, that's just, that, that's just troubling to hear. I'm, I'm a little disappointed by it. I mean, back then, I mean, um, believe it or not, Cal Poly Pomona. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cal State Northridge had a football team. They would play. The funny thing about Northridge is they, you know, big, you know, four-year school, they played at, uh, they played at uh, Cleveland High School, I think, their (laughs) home field. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Something's never changed, Northridge. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Just, you know, I mean, look, look, uh, I mean, Look for a lot more than to happen. I mean, I won't be surprised if you don't have some uh, Division Two, you know, sports kind of go bye-bye. I know all the Division Two, the CCAA is not playing at all this year. Um, basketball, even it, even Division One, is trying to make a go of it. But I just heard tonight that USC canceled their first next three games. Long Beach their next five games. UC Riverside is taking a hiatus. I mean, as long as you try to play with this COVID thing and, and, a, and one, one person gets infected, they shut down the whole team, it's, you're not going to get through the season. It's going to be a joke, just like football was. Well, they said, they said football, you know, there was a ton of people in August that said you can never play football. And sure, there were cancellations. Uh, I, I don't, there was teams that had six-game seasons or whatever, but – the teams that stuck it out, that played, that, you know, the, the, the SECs, the ACCs, I applaud them because there was obstacles, but they started early enough to be able to reschedule games. I have no sympathy for the Big Ten or the Pac-12 or these teams that no, four or five. No, years. but as a, as a fan, it's very disheartening to watch a USC-UCLA game with not one ass in a seat. You're right. That was, that was sad because that was a heck of a game, the battle for Los Angeles and – the fact that no people were there is just, again, ridiculous to me. 
because that was a great game. And, and SC's 5-0 and undefeated. I can't even say undefeated. I have to say they're 5-0 and because to me there's a difference. And I don't put them in, in the, the, the group of uh, the power four or whatever, the, the undefeated four, uh, because they played five games. I'm sorry. I don't take you serious. I'll say this. Every sport, except for maybe basketball, because basketball got pretty much a full, almost a full season in, and then they went down and they finished up and they had a, you know, they had the playoffs. Basketball was, was pretty much a, a you know, a, a regular season. It was a grind for them. I don't agree with all the bullshit they did, the way they came back, but, you know, they made they made the best of it. They did a good job in the in the bubble, but baseball was not a true season. Uh, the NFL this year is, I mean, when you're playing games on Wednesday afternoon, come on. Hey, what the but, fuck? Hey, but Bill, they're on schedule to get all 16 games in for all 32 teams. Isn't that quite an achievement? I would say that that is that is when you're when you're hiring the guy at the at the Midas Muffler shop to be on your taxi squad so you can have a fucking <laughs> roster. I mean, yeah, sure. Well, the, the big sure. thing with the NFL is that, you know, if they don't play a game, that's a game check. Whatever their yearly salary is divided by 16, if you don't play, if you don't, if the team doesn't play the game because of their collective bargaining and everything, they, they don't get that salary. They don't get that, that game check. So that's why it's been adamant for them to play every game. Now, college football, they can just say, oh, we'll cancel, no big deal. That's why you got Oregon or whoever's coming into L.A. with a 3-2 and two record yeah. playing yeah. the SC. Well, again, my case in point. Case in point. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. I, got so, I got so into this show tonight that I overshot my, uh, my off-ramp. Oh, Bill, you outkicked your coverage. Come on, meet. Holy Oh, it's good to know you're close to home. We'll try to we'll try to wrap it up shortly. But, uh, well, Bill, speaking of college football, I, I know you didn't want to talk anymore, Sarah Fuller, but this was something I had to add. Uh, you know, she she kicked two extra points on uh, Saturday, uh, and she was praised again by ESPN and everything. They have another kicker on the team who attempt who made a thirty plus yard field goal and attempted another fifty yard field goal. Doesn't that show what a joke? That whole experiment was the fact that they just used her for extra points, even though they had kickers who kicked further field goals than what she was attempting. I've never seen of an extra point specialist. Generally, he got one kicker who does it all. So, I mean. Was she, kicked, was she the kickoff uh, squibber too, or did she just do point uh, PAT? I think she just did the, the point afters. Okay, well, then that is a fucking joke. I didn't know that. I thought they were such a shitty team that – they, they only got PATs. I didn't know they tried field goals and all that other. I didn't even, I didn't even know. I, I, you know, I kind of blocked Vanderbilt out of my, uh, yeah, me too. Out of my thought process for the weekend. Yeah, me too. Uh, what, did they, what did they finish? 0-9? Oh, 9 yeah. They canceled their last game against Georgia. Just said, ah, we're done with it. And uh, the, the other thing was Sarah Fuller, Bill, I, look at, I, I don't, I said this to Sam on Monday. I don't care about Sarah what Sarah Fuller's weight is. I hope people don't care what my weight is, my, my uh, heavy self. But uh, if you look up right now, I know you're driving. If you looked up Vanderbilt football roster and you looked up their team, there's 100 guys on there with their number, their position, their height, their weight, and where, they, where they're, they come from, whatever. 
uh, if you scroll down to number, I don't even know, 32, whatever her number is. If you scroll down, she's the only person on the entire roster that doesn't have her weight listed. Now, I thought we were in this equality age. Why is, why is she uh, – I mean, you got linemen on there who are th- over 300 pounds. They have their weight listed. Like, why is Sarah Fuller, if she's one of the guys, she's just a member of the team, why, why is her weight not listed on the, the roster? That doesn't seem equal to me. Don't give me don't I, I I don't get me started. The SEC would throw throw us off the air when I get done with this. Okay. Understood. It, 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 it is completely asinine. Yeah. Okay. Good word. I bet she is just a I bet she's just a big gelatinous fat tub of goo <laughs> out of that uniform. Wow. Wow, Bill. Hey, she's a she's a conference uh soccer goalie or whatever she is good for her <laughs> bill i know you're almost home but but one final thing i wanted to tell you i've mentioned it to you before um i gotta tell you i finished it the other day there is a podcast out there that you have to listen to it's called whistleblower and it's about the nba uh, betting scandal with tim donahy i haven't talked to the listeners about this yet but for those listening you guys have to check out this podcast it is crazy some of it's far-fetched but some of it there's a lot of smoking gun to it and how if you like conspiracy theories it's perfect for you bill are you into conspiracy theories and also what i mean the nba betting my whole, my whole life's a conspiracy theory. <laughs> yes, it is. let's get back to sarah fuller for a minute you okay know good. you know what i envision her looking like oh boy a female version of Petros Papadakis. Oh, wow. That's a big slam on. How's that for a visual? Oh, no. My boy, I love Petros. Don't hammer him. I do, too. I do, too. You know, he looks like a man, okay? (laughs) Men can be a little ugly. But, you know, know, it's like, it's like, um, (laughs) you know, we had this, uh, we had this girl when I was in college, and uh, um, this guy was asking about her, and, and he, thought jesus christ man he goes i've heard a lot about her you know can you give me give me any idea what she looks like and believe me she was hideous and i said she looks like joe tory with tits oh she's bill bill oh well, hey i'm just being okay excuse me joe tory with breasts is that better? Um, they, <laughs> that's that's Go. more of, yeah that's better bill yeah you, come on it's almost 2 a.m Okay, I'm giddy, I'm tired, and I'm pulling in my garage. Ugh. I can't believe we made it this far, or that you made it this far. Don't don't people your age like need naps and stuff? Like, come on. Oh, trust me, trust me. Yes, I will be. Uh, I will be in bed till whenever tomorrow. <laughs> the, the phone off so the boss won't what call you. What I'm gonna you. do is I'll get up. I'll get up about five and I'll say, is it 5 a.m. or 5 p.m.? <laughs> 5 a.m. is in three hours. Shit. Well, you know. You're the only guy I know. First, that'll be my first, uh, that'll be my first uh, 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 bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> hey, wake up. What, hey, good, hey, what's for dinner? <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, boy. Anyway. Well, Bill, you're, you're home. I know you're tired. Get to bed. Hey, whistleblower podcast, NBA scandal. 
for all the fans out there, check that out. It's unbelievable. Bill, I'm on. It. I'm on. Just hey, just remember. Tunnel, but we're still in the tunnel. Say it again. There's light at the end of the tunnel, but we're still in the tunnel. <laughs> You're in a long tunnel. You need to go to bed. Yes. Okay. Hey, Bill, thanks for doing this. We got it in to the people out there. You guys don't understand the, the commitment. You have no Bill idea Lawrence. what kind of sacrifice we've made this, this, this morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bill, we'll talk to you next week. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Another big thank you to Bill Barnes, the man, the myth, and the legend. We always appreciate him taking the time out of his busy schedule and finding time to record with us. It's not always easy, as we found out with Bill. Sometimes it uh, takes some uh, some work to get through the challenges, but whether we record late on Tuesdays, early Wednesday mornings, uh, the weekend, whenever we do, uh, Bill, I appreciate it as we just continue to try to get out episodes on Wednesdays for the Bill Barnes weekly segment, the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. Looking forward to next week, Bill Barnes. Stay safe out there. Well, guys, that will wrap up today's episode of the Get Home Safe podcast. Appreciate you tuning in. I do want to tell you about our guest on Friday. Uh, as you know, with our changed format, we really only get uh, guest interviews uh, one day a week now outside of Bill Barnes, outside of my brother doing a sports recap show with me on Mondays. Uh, we do kind of a long form interview on Fridays now uh, is kind of our, our feature of the week. Well, this week we're going to be joined by a repeat uh, guest, someone who's been on the program before and is coming back to kind of update us on how things have uh, transpired over the past few months. We're going to be joined by California Baptist University assistant basketball coach, Joe Wellman. He is uh, coming back to the program to tell us about the beginning of the 2020-2021 basketball season, kind of some of the challenges ahead in college basketball, uh, how happy they are to be finally playing college basketball because it wasn't looking good there for a while. They've started the season somewhat on time. Uh, Joe will tell us uh, some of the challenges that his team faced alongside a lot of the teams out here in the uh, West Coast as far as getting basketball going. Maybe some changes we will be seeing to the uh, upcoming college basketball schedule uh, and just fill us in on uh, you know all the other <laughs> things that have been going on. Uh, as far as student athletes, assistant coaches, head coaches, just uh, the support from the university, uh, just some definite changes here. Uh, but I am happy that college basketball is playing. They are moving forward. Uh, they, they, you know, there's some challenges as we mentioned, uh, just like there were for football. Uh, but it's good to see college basketball back because if you remember, it was back in March kind of when sports just got shut down altogether. March sadness is what I remember calling it. So to see college basketball just just stopped basically in the middle of things uh, at the end of the season, the postseason was just getting started. It's nice to see college basketball alive and well here in uh, December as we head into a new year. So Joe Wellman will be back to fill us in about all of that. I'm really looking forward to you guys hearing that. An update, really, from a college basketball coach here in Southern California. So be sure to tune in on Friday and uh, give us a listen for that fun-filled episode. And that will be our final episode of the week as we get uh, around third and home safe for the weekend. Guys, there's only a few more days until Christmas. We're, as we sit here, uh, what are we looking at? Nine days until Christmas, I believe it is. So single digits, hopefully... 
uh, you're staying safe and sane out there with all of the Christmas shopping and all the obstacles that there are. But uh, keep in mind, it is the most wonderful time of the year. So try to enjoy it a little bit. I know I am, uh, it, despite all the other things going on uh, in my life. Christmas season is a great time. And I tell you guys that almost every podcast. But uh, hey, uh, Merry Christmas to all out there. And uh, you know I'm glad you, you're taking time to uh, give us a listen uh, as you fit in all the Christmas uh, duties and, and you know things you got to get doing. Anyway, uh, guys, there's plenty of ways to follow the Get Home Safe podcast. As you are well aware, uh, our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast, and our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at Yahoo. I know Bill likes hearing from uh, listeners, some fans, so uh, feel free to continue sending in those messages, whether they be through email, social media, give us a like, give us a follow, whatever the case may be, we appreciate the fan interaction as we want to make this a very uh, hands-on, fan-friendly podcast for the fans out there. So uh, be be sure to uh, tune in and uh, give us, not just give a listen, give us a listen, but give us some of your questions. We'd love to hear from you guys, just like you hear from us Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays here on the Get Home Safe podcast. In the episode uh, notes, there is some uh, information there. Uh, you can follow a link there to leave a voice message if you want to have your voice heard, or you can send us an email, whatever the case may be, whatever is easy for you guys, with plenty of options there for you guys to interact with us. Well, that's enough out of me. I want to thank Bill Barnes again. I hopefully you guys enjoyed tuning in and listening to the one and only Bill Barnes. He will be back with us next week. And guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe.